Hey everyone, welcome to the first ever episode of Missing Triggers, a Card Guys Network podcast. My name's Kyle, nice to meet you all. I'm joined with a very good friend of mine, teammate, son, I, 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 there's a lot of titles for you. Intr- introduce yourself so everybody knows who I'm with here uh, for this amazing journey that we're going to call the Missing Triggers podcast. Hey, it's uh, Sebastian Cavallo. Ooh, no, um, thanks Sebastian. Yeah. Former, uh, the first ever calling American calling loser, uh, second, <laughs> second place. Yo, that's gotta be in your Twitter bio. First ever calling loser. <laughs> um, so we've been, we've been toying around with the idea for quite a while that we wanted to do our own podcast. And, um, ever since I can remember, um, I've had this idea in the back of my mind of what we're going to do and everything, and we finally just pulled the trigger. We came up with a name. Thanks to Sebastian. We're going to get into all that today, kind of introduce ourselves, introduce what we're about, um, introduce... about the journey. The the journey that we've... Yeah, the journey that we've been to, been through to get to this point and what we're, you know, our expectations for this podcast, which really are um, honestly uh, not really high at all. We're just here to have fun and just shoot the shit. Exactly. Um. First and foremost, um, I, I do I do want to tell everybody that uh, you know it, this podcast not be, might not be your cup of tea. We're going to be a little bit more unfiltered, um, talk our mind, and be very honest with people. Um, we're going to cuss a little bit, so if you have a problem with that, Rick from BCW, I'm sorry. Um, yep, called you out. <laughs> so, um, so so yeah, just you know, getting into it and everything. Um, Sebastian, um, how how did yes. how did how did we get here? You know, how did Tell tell me about your journey, because if I'm not mistaken, uh, we're recording this on the day one year ago where we started the Monarch pre-release. I th- it, it's oh very close gosh. to the day, so it's been a yeah. year. And do you want to go into the flesh and blood journey, or let's like we how get, we met? We let, let's fucking dude, you are smart. Okay, uh, let's let's get into how you and I met, because I mean I think that's a pivotal part of what makes our relationship um, a little bit more dynamic than I would say other yeah. people's are. Um, I guess start us off, tell us where you came from and, and kind of how you and I um, were introduced to each other and everything. So funny enough, Kyle and I um, actually, when I was 10, 11, 12, around that age, maybe up until a little bit till 13, Kyle and I went to the same locals, but just, you know, Kyle and I have a about a nine-year age difference, so we never, you know, interacted with each other because the locals we went to was quite big in Atlanta. We played huge. the same card game. Yeah, it was a huge locals, and we played the same card game, but we never really interacted with each other. And then, um, that's just a funny, fun fact that I thought was always interesting looking back on it that we were in the same place on Saturday, but just never knew each other, and um. Now, uh, I moved away to a few different states for my mom's work and everything. Then eventually I landed, we were in Ocala, Florida, and then we moved back up to the Atlanta area. And I was playing Dragon Ball Super at the time, which is a um, the newest version of the Dragon Ball card game that they have. And I basically was... On Facebook, didn't ever really use Facebook, but used it for groups and stuff like that with an anime profile picture. And I was trying to uh, find so, where locals were. And <laughs> and Kyle's like, who is this guy? 
to this kid with his anime profile picture. And, um, yeah. So I went out to their locals. Um, to me, it was kind of an interesting moment because in Dragon Ball Super, the card guys were... You would you would say they they were known, you know they were definitely kind of like a little bit of like how we are in the flesh and blood community, celebrities in the community. So I thought it was very cool to meet Nam and you know Kyle and you know all these guys that I've watched videos, heard that they were doing well, and then finally get to meet them. And then one thing led to another. I kept coming out there. Then Kyle's like, "Where do you live?" I'm like, "Alfredo, five minutes away from you." And Fucking he's like, five minutes away, bro." <laughs> so he's like, "Well." So your mom doesn't have to drive there and back because I believe I was uh, 17, 16 at the time. Yeah, you were, you were 17, I, yeah. Yeah. He's like, I'm going to just uh, take you to and from places. I was like, that's awesome. And then slowly and slowly our car trips, even to this day, just keep getting more and more interesting. And the relationship kind of just grew from that. Then sure. getting into the flesh and blood topic, um, Dragon Ball Super, COVID happened. We were basically all going to go to this uh, big event and or um, Jacksonville, Florida. That COVID happened. I think it was Jacksonville, yeah. yeah. And we basically, it was pretty crazy that we all, like, me and Kyle might have talked like once or twice, maybe three times a week. I think I was probably one of the few in the card game where they kept most in touch with. But we didn't see Nam for like a year. <laughs> like, it was pretty crazy. Um. He just kind of every like everyone else took a break from card games and then finally at the round this time last year i was looking up a flesh and blood video um i followed this uh one youtuber who was talking about new card games and you know if you're making a card game the seven deadly sins i forget his name off the top but he was just talking about this game flesh and blood and i was like that's an interesting game name let me look into this and then i oh funny enough text me next day and goes do you know what flesh and blood is and i'm like actually yes i have been looking into this and then kyle you can kind of take it where alex's <laughs> journey your journey <laughs> so and, uh, yeah i mean alex hits me up if you guys don't know who alex is he's uh the other owner of the card guys um been my friend for quite quite a long time we kind of you know made it around like 2014 like february 2014 i want to say is when we uh, created the card guys and stuff and um he has always been into the pokemon collecting and higher end grading pokemon stuff and um somebody hit him up and was like hey uh there this new card game flesh and blood these cards are grading for um you know 9.5 and they're still selling for you know a couple couple thousand dollars and we're like whoa and so we looked into the game and he was like, hey, let's play this. And that's literally when I hit Sebastian up. And um, we we kind of dove in immediately. Um, I want to say around that time, if I'm not mistaken, Sebastian, there was a calling about a couple weeks after we had got into it. Um, one of the awkward callings. The call. Yeah, it, it was, was Blitz. The Blitz one, was yeah. Surprising. yeah. The Drone of Vitality Ira format. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Um, so... We 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 lo we looked at some of the groups, um, and Alex and I were a little skeptical. I mean, as as anybody should be with a new card game. Um, we we joined all these groups, and we're like, all right, cool. Um, let's see the growth of this game, right? Let's see yeah. how many people 
that are in these groups and let's see how many people are in these groups a month later and then another month later and then it kind of doubled at one point we're like oh shit <laughs> oh this is this is happening and um but about two weeks a, a week into it we hit this guy up that had a whole bunch of cards and uh after me sebastian and alex created a facebook uh chat together us three we were like, let's get, you know, started X and let's just learn how to play. So we got, we went and got J Buffalo Wings. Shout out to J Buffalo Wings, the best ranch in, <laughs> in the South. And um, we just, we sat at my desk over here. We just started jamming games and learning the game. And we, then we ordered Mr. Beast Burgers. Shout out to Mr. Beast and your burgers. Why do I remember all this? That's fucking weird. Um, and we sat down at 12 o'clock midnight and watched about two or three, four hours of the Auckland Calling. Um, and then when everybody went home, we got on Discord and we still talked about it and we kept watching it and we kind of just fell in love with like the gameplay and the aspect of just how the game played. And so, um, you know, it was pretty crazy because we're watching this game and Alex obviously knew the market of this game. And he's like, by the way, in these top eight matches, like there's this guy and he's playing with his, you know, I think at the first couple callings, didn't they give top eight, the gold foil tunics. So I, there was a couple people had, yeah. Or, or one of the people who'd won one of them was playing, was playing and, with um, it. That's right. Yeah. And he's like, that's a $40,000 card right there. And we're like, and he's playing with it. And like, like we were just blown away. Definitely. So that, was that was definitely insane. one of the big lures um, that got us into it. it was obviously, obviously with anything, like if there's some sort of return, um, yeah. we, uh, people are more inclined to to be drawn to it and kind of figure out like oh how can we make money off this um but yeah like we we went on the website and um they they started spoiling stuff for monarch um i want to say late march early april right if i'm not mistaken and um yeah. this is a 2021 it's pretty funny that now LSS has changed so much with um with the Uprising releasing it so early because I think we only got spoilers the week of the pre-release. So and they didn't spoil yeah. the whole set. So yeah. we were there was cards like we were looking at Prism and we're like this this hero's broken but there's no way to give these cards to go again. Then they were then they tease Luminars and we're like wow okay, now these, these heralds are really, really good. And then we're like, well, there has to be a way to get your action point back. And they actually didn't even spoil Phantasmal Footsteps, but I believe we were in a draft pod or on Facebook or something. I mean, a sealed pod, and someone pulled it, or we saw it on Facebook, and we're like, and now there's a way to buy and your action point back. Here we are. <laughs> <laughs> here we are. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, and then the rest is history from there. I mean, we went to... Shout out to Case. First and foremost, yeah. fucking love Case. He's he's, he's been the best for this entire year we've known him. Um, we ended up he's going definitely to been his the best store owner. Oh, for sure. I love Case. Um, we went to his store for the for one of the pre. Well, actually, let's get into the pre-release real quick because this is kind of what sparked our our drive to start doing yeah. well. Be, just because of how uh, how expensive things were at the time. Um, we we ended up me Alex and us we uh, we looked and saw where pre-releases were, and the two that we could find one one was in uh, sort of South Georgia, uh, like two and a half South three hours <laughs> three hours away, um, and shout out to Miss uh, Miss Judy, um, and 
We went on a Friday night, and I, I was just about to start my job that Monday, the next Monday. I, I just I remember this. So uh, we go down there, and we pull some cards. We had fun. Um, I ended up winning the, the Celestial Cataclysm at, which is pretty awesome. And uh, and we, we noticed on Facebook that a lot of people were trying to sell their cards for ex- stupid amount of money. And um, we were like, oh, well, we can just make a lot of our money back right now and make a lot of money. And so all three of us put our Ray of Hope and the, and the other Ray card yeah. together, and we sold it as a nine-card set for how much was it, like 300 bucks or something? Yeah, $350 or something like that. Yeah. And I think the biggest shock to us about this game was that playmats were worth money, which coming oh, from wow. Dragon Ball Super, where if you know anything about that game, the playmats were literally being fire sold by, you know, big vendors, like, you know. Like all reality games. We'll just call you out, Jim. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, all the playmats were being sold. And even the top eight playmats weren't holding up that much value. And then you go to a pre-release and then you can win a $250, $300 playmat. It was like, whoa, you can. Excuse me? <laughs> yeah. I, I, th- I thought it was pretty crazy, pretty crazy. Obviously, with hobbies, you don't expect to necessarily make money. But if you can, like Kyle was saying, get your return on the investment back, and then everything, because selling that pre-release stuff actually paid for our first decks going into the next season, which actually really helped us like continue to grow and get into the game. Yeah. And then the next day, we were like, "There's one in. There's one about an hour." north of us let's go and so we all got in the car and we all drove right to showcase games and where case was obviously one of the most uh giving human beings i'd ever come ever come across as far as like a store owner and oh for sure um you know we were just so excited to have people playing the game and this is one of the few games i've actually seen store owners be like i want people in here playing this game you know at the time he couldn't run armory events because of covid restrictions so he's like hey um here's a couple promos like nothing crazy not like cold foils or anything but just like the the voltic bolt and things like he's like what heroes do you play i'm like i play kano kyle was interested at dash at that point so Mm -hmm. he was like and he gave you some dash promos and he gave me some voltic bolt promos i still hold on to this day yeah and um it was just so kind, and they, they were worth a little bit of money back then, and I'm I'm never going to sell mine, but it was just like, oh, this is so kind that this guy gave us, you know, $60 worth of promos at the time just for coming in there and talking to him just about the game. Just for showing and up and his, just being uh, interested. Then for his pre-release, uh, I think he was, you know, he's like, you can pre-order a box of monarch for you know near msrp which nobody was doing at the time um everyone thought monarch was going to be the next crew and it was just so welcoming and the community and the few people that we saw the first pre-release joined the second pre-release uh shout out to willie b um <laughs> that and uh devil. yeah it was a handsome devil him but going into the pre-release right so kyle won first one with prism I played Levy at the first one. I was like, oh, I like Shadow Heroes because, like, if anyone see me in real life, I'm pretty much always in black, usually with black painted nails. I will, at the Pro Tour, have <laughs> some painted nails <laughs> <laughs> um, for sure. I, I, I'm into a lot of alternative and emo music and things like that. So the Shadow stuff and coming from 
all these anime card games and you know card games where they really couldn't get into the um to the gory side of things to see these chain cards and these levy cards where people are you know being speared uh like you know very it's out everywhere yeah, it very awesome. gory and I know uh, there was some people who didn't like it, but I personally loved it that they weren't afraid to be like, this is, we know card games, main people who play card games are going to be teenagers and young adults and older people. So why not make a game that's catered towards that audience? And uh, with the game design and also with the art style, it's so effective and so beautiful, just the whole thing. So I played Levia, didn't do that well with it. I think I went like 2-2. And I was like, like these shadow cards um throughout my card playing career <laughs> career basically I, I didn't consider it a career at that time but uh throughout my card playing history uh i played light swarms in Yu-Gi-Oh, um chaos light swarms so obviously with the banish with the, the whole, graveyard the whole milling and banishing the and whole all milling stuff. thing and um in dragon ball i played uh a lot of black decks, which were like Demigra, which was an aggro deck. Um, played Toa, and um, a lot of banishing effects and all that stuff. Yeah, a lot of banishing effects. And then into this game, I read Chain, and I'm like, oh, this guy, he has go again on the hero ability. You banish cards that can be played. I'm like, this is right up my alley. Levia wasn't that good. Oh, this hero seems very, very good. So we got our draft pool. We played the day. Um, and Kyle and I ended up in the finals, and then we both won the event. Yeah, we got first and second because we were. Um, you was know, I was playing, playing Prism, the Prism, yeah. and you were doing the chain deck, and so uh, we both got the two play mats. And then shout out to Mr. Chuck. Uh, he offered us four hundred for I think it was something like that for both of them. Well, it was two hundred fifty each on the spot. Yeah, and so we were like, uh, okay, and and then right after that, you know. We sold a lot of Almar Majestics for like forty, fifty dollars each, and the foils for a little more, and and thus created the monsters that were us. Um, <laughs> so we're like, oh, money! <laughs> we can make money on this game, and so, um, yeah. I mean, that's I guess in a nutshell. After speaking about it for roughly twenty minutes, you know that you kind of get a gist of why we got hooked on this game to begin with, and why we've become you know slightly a bit passionate about it. Um, yeah, obviously from a from a content creator standpoint, I've been doing this for a while and I, there was not a lot of people doing it. And I'm like, wow, we have somewhat of a platform that we can start growing on even more than what we already have. And, uh, it's been, it's been pretty neat so far to say the least to, to see, um, the growth we've made as individuals in this game. And also the growth that our brand has made. And I mean, obviously that has a lot to do with how, how you and Nam have performed um, at the first few callings, so I'm very appreciative of that. But um, huh. let's uh, let's get into a few of the topics now. Now that you guys know a little bit about us and what we're about, and kind of how we got involved, um, want to kind of go over a few things. Obviously, Pro Tour New Jersey is uh, is this coming up week? Uh, oh this coming goodness. up weekend. So I don't we, know about you, Kyle, but. Yeah. I'm just so excited for an event because uh, coming off of Indy, I would say Indy was the first calling I've ever went to where the everyone was not everyone was disgruntled at that calling. Um, yeah. That was the first calling I went to where every single person I talked to was like, 
yeah, I'm not happy with the format. I'm not happy with the game right now. It needs to change. The Starville players, I think legitimately, the only people who left Indy happy were the person who won the Battle Harden and then the the, the top eight. Yeah. <laughs> Those are the only people who left that tournament happy. Um, I'm sure if you were just there for fun and side events, yeah, you left there happy. And everyone has a good experience about every single event. So not not trashing on that calling or anything. It was it was overall fun. Um, but going into that. Now going into the pro tour where everyone's so excited about, you know, not knowing what the meta is, uh, these new decks that, you know, these rogue decks that people might bring, um, even though we think change the best deck. Um, Daylon Mac actually tweeted a really interesting tweet today where he was like, change the best deck, but I don't think most of the elite players are going to be on it. Um, why do you think that? And, you know, we could go into my whole reasoning on that. Jesus, we could but, talk um, about that for like five hours. Honestly. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, the but um, had over the last few weeks have been they have been pretty crazy. So yeah, just overall, I'm super happy to go into this pro tour and you know be a part of the history of the first pro tour and hopefully do well. You know, yeah. Um, I and before we get into anything else, that was one thing that Alex, you, and myself made it a point to do. Um, we were like. We love this game. Like we we see this game doing well. If they ever if they ever create like a professional scene for it, um, we want to be we want to say that you know us three competed in that first one, and that was yeah. something since us three started and actually sat down and learned the game and questioned people and sh- just tried to achieve something that you know we didn't even know was going to happen, and and then they announced it, and you know. You and Alex, or you, you obviously just qualify just because, um, because you're a top 100 XP, um, boomer XP, I guess is what you could call it, kind of. Yeah. Um, and then Alex not kind of had to grind for it, but, um, at the end of Indy, to say that us three fucking did it, like, it kind oh of, it kind of told, it kind of told me that you know, and as fucking cliche and stupid and like cheesy as it sounds, like. If you set your mind to something, you can achieve it. And I mean, there were some struggles that went along with, you know, transitioning from Blitz to CC. And oh my goodness. they banned Seeds of Agony. And, you know, just there's certain things that happened that kind of gave you ob- obvious, obvious bumps in the road. But to say at the yeah. end of the day, you know, call me Flu Game yeah. Jor- Jordan from 96, like, in, at the end of Indy, I felt so accomplished, even though I was, I was sick as a dog. Oh, we were. Jeez. That was the Dark, worst. Everyone had to interact with us yeah, <laughs> that weekend. <laughs> it was awful. But, um, but no, you know, it was bad. Why I didn't have the strength to paint my nails. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> God damn it. Uh, so we get back on Monday, and Monday's the last day, and we finally found out that, you know, all six we of all us from the team you know, yeah. qualified. But at the same time, the three, the three <laughs> originators that wanted to play this game. We did it, and that that was yeah. the coolest shit to me. Um, that you know, we, we have that. to make this. We have to make this known that uh, when we first went into this game, Kyle, I, and Alex, like we didn't know if we were gonna be good at this game, but we kind of, you know, like uh, coming especially from me, Kyle and Alex a little bit more. They were seasoned card players, obviously having nine more years of life experience than me. Sure. Um, 
it was pretty, uh, I would say, trash at the other games I played. But I was picking up things slowly and slowly, um, learning more and more stuff. And that's kind of like uh, I was discussing this with another friend, and he was going into why people said to him he was doing pretty well in the magic scene locally. And he was like, oh, people come up to me and are like, why are you top aiding everything? Why can't I get there? And he's like, well, I've been going at it for, you know, five, six years, and now I'm finally seeing results. And I think that's one of the big things. I got. I know I'm getting a little sidetracked here, but um, pushing yourself and seeing results, and it's going to take a while, so just keep grinding it out. For sure. Literally, but, like, don't get discouraged. Just keep your head. I, I tell I tell Sebastian this all the time, and 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 this goes this goes to anybody that is struggling or wanting to start, you know, playing competitively. Um, Especially if this is your first card game. Yeah, and that's that that's true for a lot of people, which is really weird to me. Um, that people this is their first card game they ever consider playing as Flesh and Blood, right? Yeah. It's just like, I don't know, mind blowing. Um, yeah. but, but, and I could I over the past year. Hell, even before then, when we played Dragon Ball Super together. You could see S- Sebastian was seventeen, and you you were very impressionable for a seventeen year old. And you, I could tell at a, at at that age, you know how you were perceiving things, how you were picking things up, how you were adapting a lot of your stuff that you were doing from stuff you saw other people doing. To to it, it, you know, and and over time, you started forming these uh, your own opinions, and you started forming your your own play style and it was deriving from all these other things you were studying and at that point i knew that you were going to be a a very a very good card player obviously you just needed the time when, when i was 17 years old i didn't fucking know what what i was doing granted i mean like when i was i think it was like 06 i qualified for nationals in Yu-Gi-Oh when i was like 14 years old yeah. um or 12 years well, i forget 12 13 14 That's a pretty years old. good achievement I mean, it, it it was, but like I st- I didn't know what I was doing. I like I just net decked someone, and I just fucking went and did things, and the deck was too good. So like obviously I did well, but I could tell that you weren't trying to play the best deck at at, at the point at that point, and yeah. you were just learning. And it all comes with the trials and tribulations of learning the game, and un- understand just having a little more complex understanding of certain things is what made you grow as a, a player. And I think, you know, that's kind of why you saw that success at Las Vegas is because it finally, it, it, there comes a point in time in like a card player's life and in, in, in a card playing terms where it, shit just clicks, you know, like yeah. you're struggling, you're kind of getting there. And then all of a sudden you play in one tournament and it fucking just clicks and you just start steamrolling people, and you're like, I get it now. And it like the f- heaven opens up, you know? And then you, yeah. you're introduced to like so many more things just because of that one understanding and that one thing. And it, it just all, the puzzle just is complete. And my one big piece of advice is just to study other players, um, whether exactly. it be and, any, um, any card game. And just play test. Honestly, I think that was half of it right there is uh just getting in as many games as possible because if you know every other competitive player is going to be playing 10 20 games a, a day like you hear Tariq Patel and you know these other very very 
prevalent competitive players in the community say Matt Rogers, this kind of thing. They're saying they're playing this many games a day. If you're playing one game a day, you are effectively living in the past because the when they're having revelations about the meta, they're having those 10 times faster than you because they're testing, you know, so far ahead of anything you're doing at the oh, time. Yeah. But yeah, sure. we kind of got off topic here, so we can. That's that's just gonna happen. People are just gonna have to deal with that. We're literally just going to be Start. off topic a lot of times, and um, that's just how it's gonna be. Um, <laughs> so you know, we you you and I always get sidetracked a lot, but I mean that's just a part of who you and I are. Um, yeah. So you know what? I'm scratching one of these uh one of these topics because fuck that topic. Um. <laughs> So before we talk, talk about Pro Tour and talk about expectations, um, so if if you guys didn't know, I, I did uh, briefly mention it in the um, I did mention it briefly in the uh, in in the introduction. Um, Sebastian and I are part of the card guys, um, and we have our own Patreon and we do stuff uh, with our Patreon. And one thing we ask a lot of the people on our Patreon um, to do is to ask us questions for the podcast. And um, we've had a few of our patrons go forth and ask us some pretty neat questions. And uh, we're going to kind of go down the list and just and just talk about them. Um, and maybe maybe another conversation sparks from from, a, you know, some some sort of question. And uh, we'll just we'll just free wing it and, and go from there. Um, so uh, first and foremost, uh, Cody Steenmeyer. Shout out to you, buddy. We met. He's one of our local players. Um, we appreciate this um, this this question because it's something that's been brought up quite a few times with oh with goodness. me over the years. Um, it says, "Are there any little superstitions about big events? Do you do you eat a certain thing, or do you have a, you know like a lucky ritual?" Um, and I'll, I'll let you answer that first if you have anything in particular, Sebastian, that you uh, that you have. So, uh, people obviously wouldn't know me personally. But um, personally, I do believe that every person has power in their life in the universe to kind of make things happen to them and <laughs> make the universe bend to you if you put a forth enough energy out there and kind of like enough positive thoughts in a way. Like, I don't know if you noticed, but the people who, you know, it's kind of a spiritual thing where like, you know, people who pray before a match people who you know have that motivation to you know say i'm gonna win this event i'm gonna win this event funny enough for las <laughs> no, vegas that's exactly what i, I would <laughs> i was well before las vegas we can get into this i was like i was like i had like a lucky rock and i was like yeah my girlfriend was like yeah here you go here's this lucky rock it's like amethyst or whatever She's like, keep it on you. It, it'll, it might bring you some good luck. You won two RTNs with that damn rock. <laughs> I won a skirmish, and then, and then I won the the um, what's it called? The RTN. And then on the third RTN, I was like, he forgot about the rock. And then I pull out the rock, slam it on the table. I'm like, it was the rock, dude. Uh, <laughs> damn rock. <laughs> I believe also I won the the Shoke. I don't know. It, I won a couple events with that rock, and it yeah. might have had nothing to do with the rock, but still, though. I think it's kind of like that mindset and that positive energy of like, I'm I'm gonna make this happen. And for Vegas, there was up and going from three months before the event, 
when we knew about it, I was putting it in my mind, putting it out in the universe every single day that I'm like, I'm going to go home with a gold foil. I'm going to win that trophy. I'm going to where we're going to get this W and I don't. And obviously I didn't get there. Um, whether it be like an experience as a player, fate didn't want me to have it. Who cares? I didn't get there, but I think if I didn't put forth that effort, um, of saying that every day and like that energy towards it, I wouldn't have made it to the finals. You literally every single day when we'd be in the car traveling to a local or whatever, you, you'd be in the back seat, you'd get in the middle, and you'd pop your head through the to, through the front, and you look at us, and you'd be like, "Look at us, motherfuckers!" And we're like, "What? One of us is coming home with a with a gold foil." And you're, I'm like, "Yeah." And you're like, "It's gonna be me." <laughs> and you'd say that every single time, and you know, and and the the funny part is, obviously, you had such a good like RTN season, but people started yeah. believing you. Because you were being so positive and and putting that affirmation on the world that like I'm yeah. going to do well, I'm going to do well, and and even when you lost your first round at uh, Las Vegas, you were tilted. It Don't was get me wrong. round three. Yeah, yeah, round no, three. and that's going to be one of the questions. Yeah, it's actually our very <laughs> next question that we're one of our next questions we're going to talk about. Um, you literally you, you were pissed off for a second, and I, I I pulled you to the side. I was like, "Hey, just remember what your goal is. You're not gonna be perfect, right? Like yeah. you can't expect to go into a a high level tournament and expect to just not lose. That that's exactly. silly. That's fucking stupid. And you just need to keep your head down because I mean you 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 have room. You have wiggle room. And um, yeah, you know. And that and, was the wiggle room because I made a rookie mistake. It was with Nebula Blade. I didn't play my non-attack action before I attacked. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I'm like, all right, um, do because uh, I was going to go um, Seeds of Agony, Nebula Blade, Rift Bind to finish it off. That way, if he let the Rune Chant hit, it would trigger. But I forgot to play out my Seeds of Agony, and I went in for the Nebula Blade, kind of pushed it up, and I was like, you know, like, when you're at a high-level tournament, if you make them... Even if you're midway making the mistake, once you like take your hand off the card, even if you, as it's coming off, you realize it, you just have to respect it and be like, "That's what I made." Even though it's a mistake, don't ask, mm-hmm. <laughs> don't ask for take backsies. Um, we'll get into that in a little bit too. Yeah, we'll we'll get into that. Um, so, and I lost because pushing actor three damage in the rune chant he was able to block equipment instead of a card and equipment and came back with a pretty powerful turn it was a prism uh aggro prism into me and i was like i can't believe i just lost to this um <laughs> you were you were and upset but you know i was upset but you learned and, from um, that like you really did learn yeah. from that and that was you what did. your that was technically your second like premiere-esque event like you played in one in dragon ball super but like we kind of don't count that because you were still kind of new to everything and you just wanted to go just for like the practice so yeah i was new to everything um what wasn't all that competitive player mindset yet i was playing a rogue deck and then they released an expansion set right before the uh the uh, event came out and the three out of the four decks that they released completely destroyed my rogue deck so you know what It'd be like that. It'd be like that sometimes. <laughs> um, for me, shout out to Surge Koo. Go ahead. I said shout out Surge Koo. Yeah, shout out Surge Koo. Jeez. <laughs> um, for me, any superstitions? Um, 
you like eat a certain thing or have like a lucky ritual? Not really. Um, one thing I do like to listen to is music before an event to kind of get you in the mindset. Something that either we shared that on either yeah. I mean, <laughs> before events, um, I, I, I guess I guess like hearing a certain song. Um, when back in the Yu Gi Oh days, um, uh, shout out to Demarie, I freaking miss that dude. Um, we would have a song that we would play before when, when driving up to an event. And when we would drive in front of in front of the building, um, it's actually the one in Tal- the one in uh, Kissimmee, Florida that we we actually played the DBS tournament that that venue. Um, every time yeah. we had to go to that tournament, we would blast this one song full full volume with all the windows down, and everybody just be like jumping up and down and going crazy. And people were like, "What the hell are they doing?" But like, it got us in that mindset, right? Like, it just it got us ready instead of like going in with the nerves of like. Wow, I had three weeks to play test for this tournament. It it shot the nerves at that point, right? And it kind of, it kind of got you in sort of a pseudo, um, way of thinking. And yeah. it, it, it coming from like a sports background, it, it kind of, yeah, I don't, I don't know. It it kind of lets you know that fuck me, I'm ready. You know, like it's happening. This it's, <laughs> it's going in right now, and I'm about to, I'm about to make everybody my prisoner you know what i mean so it, it just it's just kind of how it is and like we'd listen to some really hardcore for screamo music and just kind of some angry shit to get the anger out but get yeah. you there you know and and we do that to this day with a few different songs shout out to gasoline by i prevail shout out <laughs> to second suck yeah i didn't second. realize how long <laughs> call me really silver is. surfer yeah silver surfer that's it um but yeah so i guess just really music um and and i know we'll talk more about like tournament preparation stuff in this in this podcast and just some random stuff so um we'll definitely you know come back up to that topic and talk about our tournament experiences and whatnot um we have another question actually from a good friend of ours um shout out to justin evans you have been a treat in this flesh and blood community we appreciate everything um, all the kind words you've said. Uh, first and foremost, before we get into the tilt question, um, he asked, "Why are y'all so nice?" And I know exactly what he's referring to. I, I believe. Um, I make it a big point. Um, when, when we first off, when we started this community, we we tried to, you know, we made a Facebook page for it, and yeah. we just tried to get the Georgia little, group and everything. Yeah, and so we just tried to get little people, little by little, in. Um, you know, in the community, and we tried to create somewhat of a a healthy, a healthy community. And um, I know a lot of times with a lot of different groups, I've felt um, excluded, and um, I feel like a lot of people, you know, have this small ego about them. And one thing that I've tried to instill, and even Sebastian, obviously you're you're uh, uh, at a younger age, and you know even to a lot of our other f- friends, um, I always try to end off like a night of locals with like a hug and be like, "It's nice seeing you." I, I always want to make exactly. sure that there is a there is that that stigma for us is you know give me a hug. And a lot of people yeah. are taken off guard by that, but we le- we we legitimately at Indy we hugged after like <laughs> almost every round. Like, dude, fucking good shit. Like, shout out to Justin. You got he got eleventh at Indy, 
working his butt off playing Viscerai, and we couldn't be so much you know happier for him. But you know, uh, one coming thing... in with an interesting Viscerai deck that even we were like, we don't know if that's going to work, but he it worked for him. He did it himself. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but like obviously, um, people, somebody commented to me, um, you know, why are you guys hugging? But like, dude, I love, I love, I love my community, and yeah. it's it's what makes us us. And you know, as much as we've made them better players, they've made us made us better people and better players. And we just try to keep a very tight knit yeah. community. If you see us hugging, like we we love that person we're hugging. We legitimately love our community, and so it's all the hope. Fuck it, they're the homies, bro. You know, like it's just how <laughs> no, it is. I said, no, I said hugging with all the homo. Oh, exactly. You know, just <laughs> fucking just do it. I mean, I sat there and I give them a big hug. I whisper in their ear. Like I, I did that with you at one point for Vegas. I gave you a hug. I'm like, dude, just remember you got the biggest cock in the room. Like, don't ever don't let and like that's kind of the affirmation thing. Again, I'm raunchy when I talk. So like if you don't like it, I I fucking apologize. But like when Sebastian was down after like a certain match, I gave him a hug. I whispered in his ear. I'm like, dude, you just got the biggest fucking cock in the room. You just have to go in there with the with the huge Chad mentality of like, I I am the better player here. And if you don't have that mentality, like obviously your your mindset's not going to be in the correct place going into the tournament or going into a rank or whatever. And so like it, it, any choice of words, just let them know that you're the best. Even if they're not the best, if they go into that match saying like "You're the best," "I'm the best," "I'm the best," then they have that extra oomph in in their mentality when they're playing. They come off as more intimidating to the players sometimes, which is also another factor. We'll get into another day. And but, and talking about that is mm-hmm. when people are playing against high level players, you have to remember at the end of the day, you know, high level players they can lose too. You know, I I've lost, um, Kyle's lost, everyone on our team's lost. You know, obviously we have not hopped eight and won every single calling that's been there um, in existence. And just because you play against Tariq Patel, Matt Rogers, you know, uh, Brennan Pat, any anyone, name them, Rick from BCW, um, any of these high, high, high level players, um, you can you can just go into the match, just play flesh and blood. You know, just play to your best ability. Don't don't get um. Sorry, get um, encouraged by anything. I was trying not to laugh at, at something that went through my mind yeah, <laughs> right there. I can I can imagine. We'll save that one for a rainy day. Um, all of those high high level players I mentioned. Yeah, no, that's it. <laughs> that that's Kyle my statement. Joke. Um, oh, Kyle okay. gets a joke. So. So let's get into the next question. Um, Justin also asks, um, how do you stay off tilt? Um, and that's a weird question, right? Like, obviously, like, it's hard not to, especially when you have stuff that kind of just seems out of your control um, when you lose. Um, I think Sebastian and I both have a story from Orlando weekend that we can talk about where we lost and we wanted to fucking put our hand through a wall um, or right. our head through a wall or just kick something, you know, like there's just sometimes where it's kind of unavoidable. Um, but I guess so, to my, to my big, my big question, it goes back to the, to the superstitions. Um, bring, bring a pack, you know, pack some headphones with you. If you're mad, just listen to some music and just try to decompress from that match. And 
Have, or of... double down on being mad and just come into the next round. Like, <laughs> I've done that before yeah, where I know you have. Um, in, in one of my matches, uh, in a sealed calling, I, I took a, a draw, and um, <laughs> it was one of those situations. It was one of those situations where I was playing Oldham, um, and the person had no deck, one card left in hand, coming in for lethal. They decide to block with their last card, and you know, mess on both of our records. And the first, the first time it happened to me was just because the guy was new and they didn't explain how draws worked. And I don't blame him, but there was the next tournament where the sealed one where he knew exactly what he was doing and he took way too long to think about his blocks and his plays. And I called the judge on him and um, it wasn't enough. And I got a time extension and it still wasn't enough, still slow played. And then throughout the rest of the tournament, I told my opponent straight up, I'm like, I need you to play fast. I, I'm going to be, and that's because Going back to the why you're so nice question, I give everyone the benefit of the doubt, and I try not to make a bad tournament experience for people, and I hate, you know, um, you know, calling the judge on people and things like that. But I, throughout the rest of the tournament, you kind of sometimes you have to double down. I was just like, if you, you take more than I'm calling the judge on you, and um, I had no more draws. Actually, all my games ended super quick after I did that, and um. Sometimes you just have to, if something happens, don't double down on the rage like that, but just come into there like, hey, I'm ready to play, we're going to play efficiently, and um, I'm ready to get this, and you can let your opponent know too. Yeah. I have a story about tilting real quick. So, Nationals round 13. <laughs> um, so, we all decided, awful call, but we all decided to pivot to, to, to Briar last moment. Um, the week of the event, and getting around thirteen against a Bolton player, um, super nice, uh, super nice-ish guy. I mean, he had slight a slight attitude at the beginning of the game, um, and I guess this can go into the Eric Bird question technically. But um, so he was just upset because he had been playing Briar all day, which obviously it's not the greatest thing you want to you want to do with your time, especially if it's what was it fifty percent of the field, like something absolutely yeah. fucking absurd. Um, and of course he was not very happy to sit down in front of another Briar player. Um, and I got him all the way down to one life. Um, and I decided with my E strike, I was going to draw a card and, um, I needed to see, I had one other card in hand. I needed to see a non-attack to play just so I could Rosetta Thorn for game. And uh, I drew attacks like three turns in a row. Got him to one, couldn't kill him. Uh, he proceeds to um, play Bolt of Courage. Um, and he draws his card, and he draws a Celestial Cataclysm, and he goes double Lumina into combo. And to my knowledge, and I, I've played it back with Josh a couple times, um, I blocked I blocked correctly uh, given the situation. And he hit me with exact at 40 life when I couldn't kill him at lethal. Um, and he ended it with a Celestial Cataclysm for exact game through all my blocks. And um, I, I was I was highly upset. <laughs> and so, obviously, if you're in round 13 out of what was it, like 16 rounds of Nationals? Yeah. Um, after playing for Friday and all day Saturday for that to happen, I was absolutely fucking tilted. 
Um, so I dropped and didn't play another game for like a month. What's that? I said understandably. Yeah. And I know you had like kind of a almost I, almost like the two. exact same thing at, at Orlando where you couldn't find a non-attack action and you lost. I, I think I might have a story at every single calling. So first calling. <laughs> um, so Vegas uh, lost that round three, got tilted. Kyle told me best best advice he's ever told me. Just win your next one. Just win your next game. He's like, don't worry about the whole tournament. Just win your next game. Got to win one more in a row seven times or something. That's what I said. And then then the next round, I go up to him. I talk, and he goes, all right, just win your next one. And then every round, I came back to him, and he just said the same thing. Just win your next one. And then before you know it, X won. After the whole tournament. Uh, Well, I think day two was the hardest part. So after. At the end of day two, I was X1, and then I finally got into the chain matches, which is what we tech the deck for. So the 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 hard part was over at that point. So I didn't have mm-hmm. to come back to him. He was just excited that I was doing well. Um, that That's how you have to take it. You have to just go, win your next game one more time, one more time, one more time. Don't think about the whole tournament. Just keep it game by game. Focus on that, because that's the most important thing you can do, because so many people, they get tilted because they're like, Oh, I'm X2. If I lose one more, I'm out of the tournament. It's like, don't think about the whole tournament. Just think about winning your next one because you can still top. <laughs> you can still top eight. Just keep positive. Keep keep, keep your head keep down. And and then, you just got to simplify things is what was my thing. It's just exactly. Like, if you Fly if it. you if you think about the big picture, you're going to get overwhelmed and you're going to get tilted and you're going to think there's no way out of your tilt and it's just going to be all downhill. So I'm, I might need to take my own freaking advice here, but like it, that, that's just what it is. Just simplify it and just kind of have an open mind, but just be like, Hey, I got one. I got to do. I, I have one thing I have to do in front of me and that's the win beat the person who's in front of me right now. And then don't think about anything in the future. Don't think about that, Matt, that round you lost in round three. Just chill out and do your thing. Exactly. Yeah. And next calling is Dallas. Um, <laughs> He Goldham, round two, got an unfortunate draw. Round uh, three or four, it was going to be a draw. I could have played out in one, but I ended up just blocking to a point where I'm like, I believe the last card my opponent has is a blue lightning press, but if I block the extra card to play around it, yes, he will have no cards left because it was in his arsenal. He had one card in hand. Um, I, I can keep doing that. But this is his like last attack here that he was throwing at me. I'm like, no, that's a blue lightning press, but I'm just going to let him kill me with it because I'm not going – because it was like I could either hammer for four uh, with with that, with my last card, or if I overblocked. But he was at five or six life, so it wasn't enough to kill him. So I had to keep one extra card to present an attack. So I'm like, I'm not going to – Take another draw. I'll, he was a very nice person too. Um, so I'm like, yeah, but just gonna take my L. Uh, then I ended up not making top 64 because of the draw I had because I was X1 and 1. The next calling took another draw, made it to top 64 because they added the extra round. Because took a loss of, because of that, because of the last two callings. Yeah. Yeah. So they had to extend the round, which we were very, exactly. we were very appreciative of. Very, very happy of, especially in sealed deck where there's a lot of variables and things like that. Mm-hmm. If you go X two, you deserve it. <laughs> like yeah. honestly, For um, sure. 
Mark won the draft portions, got 33rd. So I was like, man, there's that draw again, you know, that ruined my record. Then going into Nationals, we switch off a chain. They get absolutely destroyed in the Briar Mirror. Uh, I 3-0 my draft pod, played Tariq Patel. And I feel like that's one of the first games in Flesh and Blood where it was like, I wasn't even playing, <laughs> you know, like he just he wiped the floor with me because he was on his uh, new Briar deck. I was playing the Matthew uh, updated Matthew folks list, but he had a month of testing against that already. So he just wiped the floor with me. And then it was like an awful run in nationals because I switched off a chain because mm-hmm. I was afraid of Guardian. Um, And his his bitch ass, Thanks, you know, Tom. beating us. Yeah, he he beat me. Oh, and nine. Up until I was 0 and 9 the the last day we played against his Bravo deck, so I was like, I, I can't bring this if I expect to see Bravo, and um didn't see a Bravo. Uh, spoiler alert. Next day played the Orlando Calling, and I did well. I went X1. I made it to day two. First round of day two playing against a playing against someone. Um, game state was they're at low life. I drew double art of war. I had loaded. Blood debt and on attack action. Uh, I I had a loaded blood debt zone. I was ready to go off. Ended up not being able to draw the non-attack to play it off. I made the calculated risk, so I draw a four-card hand with blood debt, a blue art of war. I'm like, okay, yeah, I don't have the non-attack yet. I'm gonna banish this ghostly visit. Search for that non-attack. Didn't get the non-attack. Got another blood debt, another art of war. I'm like, oh, play out the ghostly visit plus one. Cool. Then I'm like, calculate a risk, play out this next art of war. I've drawn eight cards. I mean, I've drawn six cards so far. No yeah, I'm like, make the, yep. no non-attack, make the calculated risk, no non-attack, lose the game because of that. He was at like 10, 15 life, I believe, and no arsenal. And this was against a fatigue deck. So I'm like, oh, okay, well, I got this in the bag. If this double art of war turn goes off here and I'm able to do, you know, you know, th- I've already played a ghostly visit into spellbound creepers into boom, boom, boom. You know what I'm saying? So then I'm like, okay, I'm X2, just win one more. And then in the next round, play against a... uh play against a briar and it's turn two and i banish a bounding and i have a bounding art of war blue and e-strike in my hand i'm like mm-hmm. it's really about to happen twice in a row and by the way my ratios were 20 non-attack actions at the time so this was a uh, pretty uncanny do the same play no non-attack die because i have a Ended up losing because my five attack turn turned into a two attack turn. So I went Art of War, no non-attack. Then I even went E-Strike, draw a card from the Art of War, go again, still no card. I'm like, I can't believe that just happened twice. So yeah, tilted. Yeah. I, <laughs> I, I just went 10 that's minutes just... into my calling I by mean, calling. You know, that's, that's then just how Indy, it is sometimes. Ever had someone awakening pulverize you into the few Zoken old? Yeah. That's how I lost my round they one go. of Battle Harden, except they did it Arvo. double fuse. I'm saying, old. I'm saying on the same turn. I'm oh. saying like, oh, I'm on saying the same turn. Reveal, Jesus Christ. I'm saying reveal Starvo ability with the Pulse of Eisenloft, play Pulverize, sixteen dominate go again into Oaken Old fuse, uh, fuse with Pulse of Eisenloft. That's what happened to me. That that's how I lost my uh, the the last round to make myself X three. And I'm like, oh. Not, not having fun here. <laughs> uh, 
Um, anyway, yeah. Eric, go into the next Eric Bird, good friend, good local local guy. Um, become a very good friend of ours. Um, he asks, "What's the worst player you've ever had to play in a tournament, um, or like your worst experience?" Um, I can, I can, I can say it's not, not a worst experience, but it, it to me it made it a bad experience for my opponent. <clears throat> and it's just something that has always stuck with me. And I laugh about it now because like I was young, it was in 2010. So I was, I was actually 17 years old in this tournament. Um, in, tw- in 2010, I played a Yu-Gi-Oh tournament. Um, and, and again, like I'm saying, I, I was the person who I, I feel like made this bad, uh, who made this bad experience for this player. Um, and and I laugh at it, and I don't want people just to be like, what an asshole. But um, I sat down at, like, table 14 or something. It was, like, round five or six of a Yu-Gi-Oh! YCS. And this guy shows up, and he's got a stool on his shoulder and a backpack. Oh, my goodness. And I, and I have to say it, because, like, it's, it, when I look back at it, it's funny. But, like... I've talked to him since that, you know, a couple years later, and he laughed too. He's like, I get it. He goes, it happens all the time. So I'm very appreciative that he didn't take it like super, super bad. But at the time, I would, I felt so bad. Like, I felt really bad. But y'all, he didn't have arms. And so, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's Not funny. Story. Huh? I'm glad you're telling. I forgot about the story, but I'm glad you're telling. <laughs> it. And he had no arms. And so. He would ask me to either shuffle his deck for him or whatever else at the beginning. I, I used to always try to be very nice to everyone, and um, I, I still do this to this day. I introduce myself, ask people where they're from, and we'll get into that in another podcast about how, you know, proper player etiquette and stuff. But, um, you know, I always extend my hand and oh my be like, hey, I'm Kyle. It's nice to meet you. And he gives me this weird blank stare for a second. And I go, oh fuck! Then you I'm realize. so fucking sorry, dude. Oh I am goodness. so sorry. Like, fucker has no hands. He has no arms. He can't shake my hand. So at the entire time, I'm just my I I I'm on self tilt at this point because I fucked up so hard, right? And so this entire time, I'm just thinking, like, why the fuck did I just extend my hand for a handshake when I know he can't do that? And so. At the end of it, I I forgot what I said to him, but at the end of it, I tried to do it again. And just double down, huh? Said so you double down. I doubled down. You're right. I really did. And I I kind of saw he kind of got a little pissed at the at the time because of it. And I just, I the rest of my tournament was all downhill after that. And so, um, yeah, I I was the bad guy in that guy's story. For sure. Um, anything with you, Sebastian? Somebody was mean to you by any chance or just an um, asshole? I have one that I think um, I could say for you. I won't say his name, but he knows he's an asshole for it. If you want me to say it. Go ahead, because I'm drawing a blank. So, I think the only- so in the Calling Vegas, you lost round three to the player, and he said, thanks for the easy game. Do you remember that? Yeah. And that's the reason you were as tilted as you were. And I'm not going to call anybody out, but he is currently on Team Kitchen Fable. That's all we're going to say. But 
Um, somebody, and I, and I heard it. I overheard I what he said. It. I'll say it. I don't give I a shit. Mention it. But uh, yeah, that was one of the because like I lost my own misplay, and then to have that happen, I'm like, you know what? That that did it for me. <laughs> and you know, and all I can say to people is, don't be that guy. Don't be the guy that is just an asshole. Um, and of course, you're always going to you're always gonna you know. Um, encounter some people like that but when when they're just being totally rude to you after you just misplayed and lost the game don't sit there and be like thanks for the easy game bro and just pack your shit up and leave and just be an asshole you know so that's the one that actually tilted me you know knowing and hearing him say those words you for me yeah i said it for you because i and 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 this comes without saying, if anybody is ever, like, rude to any of you guys by any means necessary, um, I'm always going to defend you guys because, obviously, you guys are my friends, and that's just how it's going to be. But that shit like that's just uncalled for, right, is, you know, the ne- yeah. the negativity back and forth. And um, just stuff you just don't, I, I don't appreciate. So that, I know that's the one that's always stuck out to me ever since you've said it. Um, but is there any other thing that you, you've... Uh, you've uh you've encountered that you're like really or uh it it was just it was just that it was just at cincinnati and getting that one draw from that one guy that i had to call the judge on because he was slow playing so bad and i talked to the judge after the fact i'm like hey i got slow play this whole game is there anything i can do about it and he was like no and the guy was like he was obviously upset he's like that's not slow play it's like when you take four minutes to – I'm not sorry. If you take legitimately on the clock one minute to think about your block on a hammer for four when you're at 16 life and then take another two minutes to think on your turn, you're slow playing. Mm-hmm. That is what – and um, Great. then he proceeded to draw his Briar Mirror match the next round too, and I felt so bad. I'm like, that guy just got his record messed up too. Yep. You know? um. Because that guy had the same record as me at that point. That means he was X, uh, X one and one, and he could have still, he could have still got there. Could have still he made didn't, this, the, the next step yeah. in the tournament. Yeah. If he didn't get slow played in the next round, so I was just like, I can't believe that that just happened to me. And um, yeah, for sure. That was about it. For sure. Now, otherwise, the community is really great, and all my tournament experiences have been positive. Um, I've met so many neat people in this game, though. Oh, it's so sure. positive compared to all the other games we've played. Honestly, fuck you, Gia. <laughs> <laughs> and I think a lot of other people agree with that statement too. Um, let's go with one more question here. Uh, one of our uh, one of our patrons over on the Card Guys Patreon, Cybron, uh, um, he asked us. I'm gonna I'm gonna read I'm gonna read these. Um, we've kind of talked about a couple of these. Um, do you have any tricks you use to not forget triggers or on something like tunic? Uh, any tips to keep your head, head calm while you're in a game? Obviously, if you miss something too, uh, sometimes, and for sure I have to play on when I have to play on stream, I I feel nervous. Um, and it kind of takes over him and he misplays a lot. Um, so what's, or, okay, hold on. Or. So he's pretty much saying, like, how do you keep a level head in a match when you misplay? Or when you, like, yeah. miss a trigger or any of that? If you want to... I would say that. the best thing to do is if you miss the trigger, just go, no, nah, I'm not going to miss it again. 
And that means you have to put your hand down after your opponent's like, I'm going to end my turn. Or like, you know, put your hand down on the table and, you know, away from your arsenal, obviously. Uh, that's another thing. Don't do that. Shout I've seen so chase. many people do that. <laughs> put your hand down and and just before your turn starts just take a second and be like what am i doing on my turn because before you play your card or something else popped or anything like that you have a second to just be like let me think about my turn what am i doing um you have a second just to be like tunic cool now let me go um so if you miss it just like keep in mind I'll miss it again um i think that's better than trying to lay your hand on your tunic, um, you know, put a giant dice on your tunic, things like that. I think it's just best way to do it is just keep a level head. Um, and tips for keeping a level head is just like, take, think of every game, even if it's at a big event, like it's a locals, right? And this is something Kyle told me that you just gotta, you just gotta act like even if you're playing against the big dogs, you know, you just gotta pretend like, it's it, this is a local tournament. There's not there is stuff on the line, but not to say that you have to play like there is nothing on the line. But it's all about your mindset. Play, yeah, it's all about your mindset. Just play like you would any other game of Flesh and Blood. If this was, you know, Matt Rogers or you know somebody or Ben Norwood. Yeah, exactly. I love ben. I do love Ben. I agree. I mean, that's just something that just comes with time playing. Um, even if you're in front of a camera, I remember the first time I was, I played on a feature match uh, in a premiere event and, um, that's on YouTube. If you guys want to go see that shout out to me. Um, so that's just something that just comes with time. Um, you're going to be nervous, right? Like that's, that's a part of it. Obviously you're going, uh, most people go to play because they want to do well. And if you, if you, if it finally clicks and you start doing well, you're eventually going to be on camera if you keep doing well. So it's just about popping your cherry. It's about just having it happen once or twice. You know, exactly. um, if you misplay, you, you fucking misplay. Like, that's just a part of it. Like, I've done that on camera. I misplayed so bad, bro, at the top in a top 16 of an ARG tournament. It was absurd. I, it was legitimately my tournament to win. And yeah. I, I punted so hard. And yeah, I, I learned from that. And that again, like I said, that's just something that just comes with time and comes with um, experience playing on camera or, or any any of that. So um, as far and, as uh, like when you misplay or like you you miss a trigger or something, um, <laughs> you know that's just you know that's a uh, name of the podcast missing triggers. Um, we'll get into why we named it that in a moment um, to close out the the podcast. But um, just things like you know keeping your head calm, acknowledge it. You know, acknowledge that you misplayed and just be like, I have to be better. I'm going to do better. And just a lot of times you're not going to miss that again for a long time. But like it's going to become second nature to where then you won't miss something. And you, it it helps polish your gameplay for for future tournaments. Right. So that's just my that's my two cents. It's just you're always going to just keep keep a level head when you know you fucked up. Yeah, exactly. Um. But yeah, um, so Sebastian and I, uh, obviously we've been talking for a while about doing this podcast and we, if you've made it to this point, um, thank you, you guys are, are the real ones. Um, you are. 
so we've been thinking for a while about what to name the podcast and missing triggers was obviously the one we chose um there is a um if you guys check the uh the avatar or like the profile picture of this youtube channel uh, or any of our stuff you'll see the picture i'm talking about i actually have it as a printed sticker in my car because it's so funny on our first pro quest we were just shooting the shit. The best part about traveling to events or like these slightly smaller events is you get to spend a lot of time with your friends. Being yeah, the in car. the car, just hanging out. Exactly. And you shoot the shit, you watch videos, you, you laugh, you giggle. And um, one of the things came up was, you know, this is a, a bigger event and there's a lot of stipulations on the line you're getting points for pro quest or pro tour you if you win you you get money or not money but like you get higher end stuff you can win some stuff out of it and you know profit quite a bit and and at the same time and you work to i do want to say pro tour. go ahead i do want to say on this day you were particularly in a, down there was a there was a time when you were grinding this last season where you were just like overall like worried about making it and everything which is like understandable but i remember on this car ride you you were a little down i was i I was asleep i was trying to sleep because i didn't get much sleep the day before too and a whole bunch of stuff and 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 that's where like not even a team comes into effect but just having friends that you like that play the game that you play the game with is um once once you're friends for a while a lot of times people know how to cheer you up and Sebastian's the the fucking prime example of that. This kid is fucking hilarious, and um, I get I get a picture with a Snapchat filter of a fucking big old forehead. And we were talking about not letting people take back stuff because there's quite a bit of stuff on the line, and um, and the caption said, "Oh no, I forgot my tunic trigger," <laughs> and I'm like, I'm, forgot, "I'm never letting somebody take that back, especially when it matters," and that was just and, uh, oh god. And by the way, we're not we're not shitting on anyone who does this, but um, there's just a moment when someone misses their tunic trigger. They go, "Darn, I forgot my tunic trigger," and then they look at you with this look, like it's they the want to ask you. They want to ask to take it back, or they're feeling you out to see if you'll let them take it back, but they're not going to directly ask you. And we always, and and we tell people our locals, and they're like hey that's me don't make fun of me fuck you and it's like no 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 no. we're not making like we we i forget that shit too yeah we do like it's just it's it's a part of it you know and uh (laughs) so don't not calling you out but we're just like it is a funny moment where you know at at a higher level event and there's something on the line like a couple thousand dollar gold foil um a pro tour invite you know prizing cash if it's at a 1k and they look at you and they're like can i take this back and you're like i would let you if we were playing for fun playing locally you know there's nothing on the line but right now but motherfucker I you can't. ain't taking that shit back <laughs> exactly exactly but uh when, when you sent when you sent me that i i i started crying i was laughing so hard um and, and if you, you know. want to go a step further of uh, being nice to people about it, what I did during Briar format, um, whether it be at CC or, um, you know, in draft and stuff, if they would forget their embodiment or something like that or their tunic trigger because this was a big deal back then, I'd be like, I'm going to let you take it back this one time, but I just want to let you know 
if you miss it again, I can't let you take it back. And that seemed to be the best response from people because, you know, they don't feel like you're an asshole. They, uh, they understand what you're saying, that there is a lot of stuff on the line, and they thank you for letting them take it back. Then they miss it again. You just kind of, you know, what you said and say, no, I'm sorry, you can't take that back. That's the best way to go about it, I found out. For sure, for sure. And, you know, that's that's kind of why we named the podcast that, because it's, it's more of an inside joke um, between Sebastian and myself and, you know, Nam and Alex. The Shrine. Um, at work oh yeah at work we have we have that same exact picture and it's um it's on the wall so it's just it's it's just it's funny stuff so um this was this has been episode one um i know we've I, talked for quite a bit and you know sebastian and i you know have that chemistry we can just shoot the shit and just talk and um that's what we're gonna do a lot of times is just is just sit down and talk and um have a good time. It's not necessarily going to be all about flesh and blood. We're just going to talk about life experiences and other stuff and, you know, just overall just having, having a good time. And, um, I had a, I had I a good time the first time. Oh uh, yeah. I just want to say, sorry if we got a little bit off topic or it wasn't structured as well. This is, this is my first time really being on any kind of video format where I've had to talk for a long period of time so mm-hmm. obviously with time we'll both improve um i know we didn't even get into the pro tour stuff so i guess that's episode two right yeah um we'll we'll more than likely have like a pro tour recap um yeah or or if we want to do if we want to do some makeshift one like thursday night and then upload it for friday morning or something we'll we'll try we'll try to figure something out um and so um to close this off, um, something I'm going to say at the end of every single podcast, because I truly believe in this, and um, <clears throat> and I think a lot of you smelly motherfuckers need to hear this for yourself. Um, uh, you know, wash yourself. You know, don't forget to brush your teeth, wash those pits, and wipe your ass, because you smell, and I don't want other people smelling your smell. And I definitely don't want to smell your smell either, so, uh, you know... Take that for what you will. If you got offended by that, then you're a part of the problem. And, um, you know, um, if you need some coupons for Kroger or uh, or anywhere to get you some, some soap, let me know. I can help you find some coupons. Um, but, yeah, I had fun on our first episode. We're an hour and some change into this. And um, I think this is going to be a fun thing that you and I have, do as, like, a side project that, you know, hopefully blooms into something where people love to listen to us because I love to listen to us. <laughs> so um and obviously as it keeps on going we'll get into more things that like if you are the competitive flesh and blood player um we'll like to hear like we'll share our thoughts on the specific meta and getting into decks and things like that this was just a more like introductory episode talking about us you know experiences callings things like that you know it's been a year dude you know it's been a year since yeah. we've really started to really play the game and you know, I think I think a lot of our experiences with this will help a lot of other people, and so hopefully, um, hopefully a lot of a lot of everyone, you know, learn to think or two, learn something about us as well um, yeah. as individuals. And you know, if you guys are going to be in Pro Tour New Jersey or the Call of New Jersey or in New Jersey in general, please come up and you know say hey to us. We we love oh, yeah. to meet we love to meet people. That's that's one of my favorite things is people coming up just to say hey, want to take a picture possibly. Um, you know that's that's what it's all about is the the connection with the community. So uh, with that, then we'll go ahead and sign off. I'll say it one more time so you guys know. 
Uh, don't forget to brush your teeth, wash your, the wash those pits, and wipe your ass. And we'll see you guys in the next one. All right. See you guys later. Do man.